0: 90.1 Hope FM Uh, 21 minutes past eight. And if you're a regular listener to this Monday uh, Breakfast Show uh, with Jonathan, you'll know around about this time um, he'll have his uh, community focus, um, usually heading over to BCP Council, maybe talking uh, to a different department, a focus on a different department, speaking to uh, a local organisation that's doing some work uh, with the council. Well, I'm delighted to say our special guest on the Breakfast Show this morning is Peter Haken, who is the Head of Regulatory Services at BCP Council, uh, which includes um, environmental health, trading services, standards have i got that right peter
1: yes that's right yes good morning to you and thank you for inviting me on your show Uh,
0: no problem so i mean as we head into a lockdown 2.0 i expect it's been um a a very busy time uh, for yourself in fact i know it has seeing some of the numbers and some of the stuff um that you've been doing but before you get into uh maybe um what you've been doing for this second lockdown um just tell us what um regulatory services is
1: well it's a, an unfortunate turn of phrase um it doesn't convey much meaning but in essence i manage the environmental health and trading standards um teams So we're responsible for a very wide range of services, so for example the Food Hygiene Rating Scheme, that's um, ensuring that food is safe to consume. Um, We deal with rogue traders who who sort of unfairly trade with um, vulnerable people. We ensure that businesses trade uh, fairly. We run Port Health Services, that's about imports and exports. Uh, We try and uh, deal with environmental pollution and air quality and we deal with nuisance neighbours and of course we deal with infectious disease control, uh, not least COVID-19.
0: So in in times gone by, maybe trading standards and um, sort of a public health you wouldn't think would go too much hand in hand. I can't think of a time when those things haven't gone (laughs) hand in hand in recent times. So it it makes sense that those things would probably be coming under the the same um, um, umbrella, um, as it were. Um, So um, in usual times, we're not in usual times, but how would those um, environmental health trading standards, um, how would they sort of cross over with what you do?
1: I think, um, yeah, very much it's about um, our engagement with the business community so very much it's about making sure that businesses trade safely and fairly and that's really what environmental health and uh, trading standards are about as it goes uh, with regards to the business community.
0: We're we'll talking about some of the stuff, the um, uh, work you've been doing with businesses and how the businesses have been getting on. Um, in a little bit, we're we'll, we'll talk about um, the customer um, first and all yeah. this. So what's a council sort of been doing to help keep customers safe during the COVID pandemic? I mean, everyone's seen who lives in Bournemouth the the signposts on the floor, um, the markers mm-hmm. for social distancing. But in particularly um, regulatory services, uh, what have you been doing?
1: Well, a lot of our work has been assisting businesses to help them to abide by the rules which actually this time round are rather complex compared to the first time round. So uh, first time round, it was about mainly dealing with the business closures. Um, Then they started to reopen. So a lot of our work was around making sure that they're able to trade safely. So things like track and trace, ensuring they've got correct distances, that people are wearing face coverings, that they're carrying out adequate cleansing routines. Um, So we've had environmental health officers and trading standards officers out and about along with what we call information officers so these are not particularly enforcement staff but they're there to help businesses and more recently we've employed covid marshals as well who actually were there originally to deal with um, large crowds of people in public spaces but of course we very quickly went into lockdown after they were um, employed so now the covid marshals are also assisting um, businesses and we have actually worked very closely with the police as well Um, So we deal with noisy parties, for example, Um, but of course anyone having a party now, um, they were breaching the rule of six, they're now breaching the no no mixing of households. So whilst we address noisy parties, actually we work with the police simply because they are breaching COVID rules. Um, we've also helped with the government's t- um, track and trace, so we've been contact tracing various people. And also we do sometimes um, investigate clusters that are associated with some business premises. Um, I think one of the big things we've done as a council, though, you might have heard of Together We Can. Yeah, um, That's an initiative where we've been working with voluntary organisations and community groups and volunteers to provide help and support um, to vulnerable people across Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul, to help them get through this crisis and in particular to make sure they've got adequate care and support and also to make sure obviously that they have enough food and essential household items. So that service has had thousands and thousands of requests and we've helped thousands of people. So it's been a very very um you know much needed service.
0: So in terms of the difference between the last lockdown back in um March and April and beyond um yeah. compared to compared to this time um uh, what has been the sort of response from from businesses obviously it was it, a second time round is in some ways you could see as maybe being a little bit easier maybe not for a business who's yeah. having to go into lockdown a second time they've already been battered this year um, to yeah. a certain extent but you, you did yeah, mention yeah. that there was maybe a slightly more complicated in some areas um, this time round I mean I've noticed some shops for instance um, obviously operating click and collect this time um, yeah. very yeah. quickly after the lockdown came in they were ready to go over to that because of maybe stuff they had put in place during um, coming out of of the first lockdown when we sort of were eased out and some businesses were able to reopen what are the sort of main differences uh, that you're you're hearing from businesses um, in terms of um, how they're finding this second lockdown so far
1: yeah well um, firstly the vast majority of businesses big and small are actually abiding by the new rules and not only that they're keen to be seen to be abiding by the rules as well um, like you say it's a different lockdown this time and I'm sure people have noticed that um, there's a lot more businesses are allowed to trade in different ways. So click and collect is a good example of that. Um, they're also allowed to use their businesses as offices. So you know, as an example, estate agents—they um, they may appear to be open, but actually the staff are just going in using them as offices. Um, so um, they're, 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 there's generally businesses are are prepared to comply with the new rules. I think one of the challenges. Is that there's a lot more confusion out there now because the, ru- the rules themselves are a lot more confusing. So, do you think that's good sort of confusing
0: so for, the, for the businesses more and members of the public more because um, it feels different this time around? And whether yeah. that's because people yeah. are maybe a bit complacent this time around or uh, because they're simply confused and not, don't know what's going on, what are the sort of main points of confusion that you're hearing?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think actually it's a bit of both, actually. I think there is more confusion. Um, uh, both amongst the businesses themselves as well as the, you know, members of the public. So, I mean, a a good example that you gave was the click and collect. So a lot of people are reporting businesses as not being compliant because they're seeing the businesses open and staff working inside them. But actually those staff are just operating click and collect, so clearly they have to be there. Um, So that's a good example of where there's been some uh, confusion. Um, We've had... A lot of inquiries from businesses as well who are not absolutely sure whether they can open or not. So again, some carpet shops have come to us, for example, mm. saying, "Well, they consider themselves to be a DIY store because they're selling hardware floors, for example." Well, it's been clarified since that they can't open on that basis. Um, there's been confusion about car washes, whether hand, you know, hand car washes have to close, but what about automated ones? Mm. So again, it's been clarified that they need to cl- uh, close. We've had questions from workplace canteens because, in theory, they're supposed to be closed, but not if staff can not find food elsewhere, then they can open, and there are exemptions to that as well. So, sure. for example, hospitals. So um, it's it's difficult actually to give advice on the radio this because of the complexity of the regulations. Um, my advice to businesses is to go online to the, the uh, gov.uk website and type in coronavirus. And it takes them through to the guidance then and gives them an indication as to whether they can open or not. And if they can open, how they're supposed to be operating safely.
0: And are you getting many businesses coming to you saying that they um, they haven't been uh, told. Is um, as, as the communication this time uh, around? There was, were some complaints last time that maybe communication people were very yeah. confused last time as, as communication lines of communication, whether through um, direct communication or or what resources available um, better this time Mm -hmm. around?
1: I think um, what we have had is businesses saying, obviously the confusion there, they're they're just not sure. Um, The other thing is that the messaging, I think, wasn't as clear as last time. So last time it was absolutely clear, you will Mm -hmm. close, people will not leave their houses, you will stay at home. Well, that messaging hasn't been quite the same this time, or there hasn't been that same level of emphasis. And that's what businesses are reporting to us. And what we have noticed this time is a larger number of businesses not prepared to follow the rules. Um, as I say, still the vast, vast majority are complying by the rules. The confusion out there we're clarifying when we contact them, or in fact when we get complaints about them, we visit those businesses and we clarify what the rules are. And then when we do that, the businesses. is by and large agree to abide by those rules and i have to say sometimes it's been the other way around businesses have closed and we've actually told them in fact you don't have to close you can open so long as you operate something like click and collect but i would say for that those minority of businesses that are not prepared to abide by the rules and there have been a few like that Mm -hmm. Then reluctantly, we're having to go down an enforcement route. So, for example, serve a fixed penalty notice on them and consider a prosecution. But that really is a very last resort for us. But we will do that uh, where businesses steadfastly refuse to abide by the new rules. 90.1 Hope
0: FM. Peter Hakin, head of regulatory services at BCP Council, uh, talking uh, environmental health trading standards um, and uh, around COVID-19 and how they're supporting businesses, informing businesses and keeping people safe uh, during this lockdown to a point zero. A very good morning to you again. uh, Peter, great choice of a track first off. (laughs) Thank you. Um, so we were talking just before that that track about how um, you have had to or you will have to potentially even um, issue fixed penalty notices to businesses who mm. are not following the rules. Um, it's a minority in cases. Um, I don't feel unfair yeah. to pick out um, this thing because it was very prominent on the Daily Echo. In fact, um, Andy Martin, associate editor of Daily Echo, spoke about this on The Breakfast Show last Wednesday um, about yeah. how um, there is a shop, a Happy Buddha shop in Paul um had been um um issued am i correct in with a fixed penalty notice um for not following um the guidelines of this um second lockdown in terms of um businesses and keeping customers Mm -hmm. and people who work for the business um safe what sort of level what's the process of getting um to that sort of stage in the process where a business hasn't maybe complied with the rules
1: yeah well i should state that um We do not go into a business the first time that we've been told about them operating and immediately issue a fixed penalty notice Mm -hmm. or a fine. You know, that really is very much a last resort. Um, So we will have gone in and given advice, um, given encouragement, clarified what they're able to do. And then if they refuse to um, comply with the new rules, then we issue a fixed penalty notice. So um, in, the, in the, that particular case, um, you know, the company was suggesting they sell essential items such as soaps. Well, it, that has to make up the bulk of what they're selling, and mm-hmm. it doesn't. So um, therefore, um, you know, we, 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 we confirmed that they were not allowed to remain open for customers. They can remain open for click and collect, though. Mm-hmm. So we're not telling the businesses they need to close down. They can remain open for that, and that's the case with a great many businesses. Um, so it really was a last resort that we went for a fixed penalty notice, which actually is a £1,000 fine, but reduced to £500 if it's paid within 14 days. But these fixed penalty notices can go up to £10,000 for repeat offenders. Um, That isn't the only remedy, though. If we have to go down an enforcement route, then we can serve There's a new kind of remedy as well called a prohibition notice, and we can serve that. And that's something that we're looking at for those um, shops that are refusing to um, abide by the new rules. Um, So that that can either close the store or it can force it to operate in a certain way so to cease certain activities. And then following that we can apply for a court injunction and of course we can prosecute. So those are things that we are considering for those very small number of shops that are not, that have decided to openly flout the, the new rules. Um, so, uh, I mean, I should say that, that, you know, our approach, though, even though we've got these new remedies in place, as we call them like a fixed penalty notice or a prohibition notice, our approach is still very much as it has been all along, mm-hmm. which is around advice and information and encouragement and enforcement really is a last resort because, you know, we don't take lightly the idea of criminalizing shop owners simply because they're allowing customers to come into a shop that's not something we take lightly at all and it really is a very much a last resort for us to do something like that A
0: last resort in a very strange time that that could ever um, a year ago thinking that that could be um, a a, a thing I mean um, on the the first full weekend of lockdown I believe you and this this sort of paints in some people's heads I know this would paint an image of people just out uh, maybe with clipboards um, ready to go and um, uh, find out what people are doing Uh, 14 and environmental health and trading standard officers mm. and supported by those uh, covid marshals but of course yeah. like we've been saying through this it's not about um um uh, policing necessarily more mm. supporting um the businesses uh, during this time um how did that go on that first weekend when you visited uh, yeah, over 100 um local businesses
1: yeah. well the reason we did that actually was we were receiving within the first day or two of of the um current lockdown a large number of complaints and reports about you know, significant non-compliance by the business community. So armed with that information, we thought, well, we better get out there this weekend and just you know, see what's happening. In fact, what we did find was a very, very mixed picture and nothing nearly as bad as had been reported. And again, coming back to what I said earlier, a lot of it was due to misunderstandings by people reporting businesses as operating where in fact they were allowed to operate Mm -hmm. as well as misunderstandings by the businesses themselves. And by and large, where businesses were operating in a way that they should not have been, When we approached them and explained it to them, actually they were quite happy with that and they, you know, they they started operating in the way that they should. So in fact it was only a a small, you know, a handful of businesses that steadfastly refused um, to comply with the new rules. Um, Unfortunately there's some stuff going around on social media which is not helpful actually. Um, Some businesses are seen on social media. That all they have to do is display a notice um, referring to the Magna Carta right. of all things, right. saying that they don't recognise these <laughs> regulations and therefore they can open. Okay, um, that is not the case, and no. that won't be accepted by the courts as a defence.
0: No, no, you can't just go on online and just print out um, yeah um, a copy of the no. Magna Carta and no, stick it <laughs> on your window. That is not a thing. That, no. that has never <laughs> it, been a it doesn't thing. Doesn't work. Um, but it's amazing how these um, these. Um, those social media posts yeah. do spread around, um, and it's uh, it's a definite yeah, thing that has yeah. to be tackled. Um, but it all comes down to just a quality of information and communication between um, the uh, people in charge um, and also those businesses um, too. So, um, did you have you seen maybe because we're in what week? What date is it? Six, six, we'll call it going into week three, maybe, of this um, yeah, yeah. Uh, second lockdown. Are you starting to see um, that confusion start to like dissipate um, a little bit? People are starting to um, know where they are with things now.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, some of the confusion was in the guidance itself. Um, So the guidance talks about uh, essential and non-essential, whereas the actual regulations don't, in fact, refer to essential and non-essential. So businesses, understandably, look at the guidance. They don't go straight to the law in the way that we might do. So a lot of that has been clarified now. Um, So, you know, uh, another good example which has been clarified since is that if you've got a large store without mentioning any particular store where one floor is dedicated to food and another store another floor sells clothes well now it's been clarified they need to close off the the, 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 the store selling non-food items or yep. non-essential items so um, you know so there has been a lot of clarification but if they're on the
0: same floor they're, they're on the same floor they, they can be open is that is yeah that that's correct? right
1: if, if yeah yeah, yeah that, that that's true and but, but actually it's a matter of degree and proportionality sure. and so it, it still adds a degree of complexity and actually what's come back from a lot of businesses is the unfairness of some of it mm-hmm. and i understand that yeah. um you know some of it on the on the face of it appears a bit unfair that some stores can sell non-essential items because it's mixed in with their food items mm-hmm. and other stores because they've got it all on one particular floor have to close it off um, so, uh, and, and actually, that's, that, that is part of the feedback we're getting from a lot of businesses, is that actually some of it, you know, at the outset appears quite unfair. Um, and that's something that we're very conscious of with businesses. We want to try and create a level playing field yeah. uh, and make sure that, you know, they're all subject to the same rules.
0: Okay, so... um. Oh. In terms of what people can do then, if they have concerns about businesses maybe not operating safely or a business itself yeah. is still are not quite sure on what they can and can't be doing in terms of um, opening at this time, what can they do?
1: Yeah, well, you can call us, actually. So um, a business operated in Bournemouth Cross Church and Poole area or, or um, residents who have concern about businesses, you can call us on our numbers. It's 01202 And that's a general number and you can um, explain what the situation is, whether you need business advice if you are a business or whether you're concerned about the way a business is operating and um, someone will get back to you with um, an explanation of what we're going to do next. Alternatively, you just go onto our website. If you search BCB Council, contact us. Um, That provides ways of contacting us direct. Yeah, I know. And I would encourage people to do that. I mean, separately for businesses, actually, if you want more general advice, because it's not just how you comply with the rules and regulations, but actually there is help and support out there for businesses, financial support. And there is an email address for businesses, and that is economicdevelopment at bcpcouncil.gov.uk. So economic development is one word, at bcpcouncil.gov. Dot uk and from that you'll be able to get more general advice about what support is out there for businesses 90.1 hope fm